Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. Well, hello, my friend. How are we doing today? Today is an exciting day because we have a guest on the podcast. I know it's been months, like over six months since we've had a guest on the podcast. And I'm really, really excited to be bringing back more guests. I love one having guests because I get to connect with amazing, wonderful providers who also support an anti-diet approach, but it also gives a lot of different perspective. And I think that part is so important as we are doing this work to, you know, have different perspective from different providers who have different backgrounds and all of the things. So today I'm really excited to finally have a guest. I hope that you're excited too. And today we have Jen Hicks, who is joining us. So Jen Hicks is a non-diet weight neutral NIA movement instructor, NIA teacher, trainer, and certified personal trainer. She's also a size inclusive fitness specialist and her joyful and judgment-free movement classes are available online and in person in Toronto. So today we talk about movement and we talk about movement once we've healed our relationship with food or in the process of healing our relationship with food. And Jennifer has, you know, a lived experience of having an eating disorder. And we'll talk about that during the episode. So I do want to offer a trigger warning um, and then talks about, you know, healing her relationship with food in her body and the impact that mindful movement had on her own journey. I also learned a lot about Nia. Like, I don't know about you. I had never heard about Nia prior to this podcast episode and it looks so amazing right after the podcast. I went online. I'm like, I need to book a class. I want to try it out. Um, so if you have been, you know, wanting to heal your relationship with food and your body, and you're really looking into the fitness piece of things and reconnecting with movement and um, Nia may be a really good space to start. It seems like it really does include, you know, mindfulness and just intentions. And it's not about how your body look or how it moves, but really the connection that you have with the body that you have. So I'm super pumped about this podcast episode. It was so great to talk with Jennifer, learn her story and learn about this new way of moving our bodies. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast episode. Hello, Jennifer. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm thrilled to be here and sharing and uh, yeah, connecting with you. Honestly, it's so exciting because I haven't done a guest podcast in like probably eight months. So you're the first guest that comes in a really long time. So I'm really excited to have you here as well. 
Um, and today, before we get into the topic that we're going to talk about, I'd love to like learn more about you. And I know my audience really loves like the origin story, your like hero story, and what got you to do the work that you do today. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Jennifer. My pronouns are she, her. I um, grew up in a single parent household and um, like a lot of people who grew up in 70s, 80s, and to this day, I was surrounded by diet culture in my formative years. Um, so, you know, the pervasive message was, you know, less is more type thing. And growing up, I certainly got a lot of positive feedback when I was engaging in dieting behaviors. So, um, you know, that was always sort of in the background uh, for me. Um, but I really mostly focused on academics. Um, growing up, I wasn't really into fitness or sports. I was very kind of clumsy and uncomfortable um, with my physicality. And it was only after I um, finished, I did an undergraduate degree, I did a graduate um, program in speech language pathology, and it was only after that that I started getting involved in fitness. And um, at first, you know, it was a fun way to relieve stress, and it was just, you know, it was benign, um, but it kind of uh, got a little out of control when my father-in-law got ill. And I became, over time, I became hypervigilant about my eating and my exercise, I guess, as a way to cope with what was going on in the family. And, you know, over time, realizing I had a problem and soon developed anorexia along with an exercise addiction. Um, with a lot of therapy and over many years, um, I uh, was diagnosed with bipolar disorder and I started to reframe and regain balance um, with food and exercise. And really what helped me uh, do that was this uh, fitness practice that I am now teaching, uh, which is called Nia. And I don't, I actually just called it a fitness practice and really it's a movement practice. It's more, um, you know, it, it totally helped me think about exercise as something completely different from what I had been doing. Um, so just, I don't know if, um, listeners or viewers would be familiar with what Nia is. Honestly, I would say no, like I had no clue. I had to like Google it and I was like, wait, what is this? And I know we'll talk more about it, but like, if you want to give us like a brief, like what, what is this type of movement? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, interestingly, it's um, this year it's turning 40 years old, and it's a, a movement practice that originated in the 1980s at the height of the aerobic fitness kind of craze, mm -hmm. um, where at that time the predominant message about fitness was um, no pain, no gain. And so the people, yeah, the people who founded it, um, Debbie Rosas and Carlos Rosas, they were in that industry and, and learning that they were hurting, you know, discovering that they were hurting themselves and their students. Mm -hmm. So they stepped away from that in search of uh, something that would just be more friendly for the body, for the joints, and really um, uh, address what makes us human, which is more than just our body. Um, so essentially, it's a combination of dance martial arts, and healing arts. 
um, and it really focuses on uh, staying with the sensation, the messages that the body gives us and not overriding them. So I found, I, you know, with my previous fitness regime, I was overriding what my body was saying. It was saying, stop, please. This hurts. This is not good for you. Um, and now when I came to Nia, I started to learn how to listen to my body. And I think that was really key for me. Um, so now I've been doing that for 17 years. Um, and I also recently became a NIA trainer so I can train new NIA teachers. Um, and I do some personal training as well. Um, uh, but that's sort of the long and the short of it. Um, kind of ironic that coming from an exercise addiction, here I am now in this movement field, but in a totally vastly different way. It definitely feels like it's that full circle, right? Of like you completely changed a narrative around movement and I think oftentimes when we talk about, you know, food, body, and mind, like eating nutritious food is not a bad thing. It's when we do it obsessively at the cost of so many other things in our life. Same thing with movement, like movement can be so good for human bodies, but it's when we do it to the extremes and are obsessive with it, that it's no longer serving us. So I find it's such a cool thing that you were able to like, maybe go to the extremes where we're like, okay, wait, this is no longer serving me and kind of refining that balance. Like that is so powerful. So, yeah. So powerful. Yeah. I feel so grateful um, that I had the privilege to to go through this process and really unlearn. And I'm continuing to unlearn about toxic fitness culture and just like, how can how can I move in ways that serve me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. What a powerful thing. And so much. Thank you so much for sharing your story um, with us of like having an eating disorder in the recovery process and all of that. Like, I think many folks can relate to this piece and something you said that I just wanted to to highlight because I think it's so important is like when food and fitness starts to be used as like a way to cope right and oftentimes when like folks maybe we have an eating disorder disordered eating like we think it's about the food but it's not really about the food it's like the way that food is serving us or the not having food is serving us and that way that we we learn to cope and then when we get to heal we learn a whole new way to cope, which is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd love for us to dive maybe a little bit more about that mindful movement. So something you've also named is that like now the movement you're currently doing is like a way to really connect with our body. Whereas like in the past, and I think what honestly most people do nowadays is like use movement as a way to disconnect to their body, either to shame their body, to punish their body, to compensate, to earn. Um, it, it hurts and we don't stop. Like all of these things that we do and put ourselves through that can be so unhelpful. So I'd love for us to talk about like, what is mindful movement and like, how does that look differently than like exercises or working out from like a different mindset? Absolutely. Well, to me, I mean, mindfulness um, is about really staying present. It's about being in the present moment, like being in my body as it is now and listening to the messages that it's giving me in real time. So for example, you know, if I'm stepping, what does it feel like when I'm stepping? Like what information is my body giving me? And can I be aware and present to that sensation so that I can make it feel good by possibly adjusting it? Or when I'm, you know, circling my pelvis, um, what does it actually feel like as my pelvis moves forward, side, back? So, you know, that is a way, way to, for me, to quiet 
my thinking brain and to turn off all the noise and just really be with with my body, not letting stories take over stories about what I should be doing or how I should look and really instead staying with that um the sort of curiosity of how does this feel and searching for ways to make my body feel good and avoid pain or comfort yeah so it sounds like it's like you say like being in the present moment very much noticing and doing so without judgment so if it hurts we're not judging yourself we're personalizing it we're changing it up exactly and it's it's a for me a process of learning because yeah I'm not judging I'm being impartial I'm witnessing what's happening and uh looking at it sort of from the point of what we talk about in Nia is approaching the experience from beginner's mind so not comparing to what I could do yesterday or what happened yesterday, but just really being with what is in the moment. And like you say, not judging, trusting my body, trusting the messages, um, just and accepting. Like that's a big piece for me too, is accepting yeah. it with what is. Yeah. I feel like all of those are such big pieces, like trusting, not judging, accepting. You're like, all right, like this is big. So I'm curious to know, like if someone, you know, is listening and maybe has an unhealthy relationship to exercise currently is kind of interesting and engaging in some mindful movement. Like what could be some of those first steps? Like if we're not yet at a place where we can accept, like, what would that look like to just like start? I mean, I, you always go to the breath, always go to the breath. And I always go to my feet. So literally um, feet on the floor, whether you're standing, sitting hands, maybe on the belly, if that's comfortable and just noticing, just not changing, not lengthening the breath, not doing anything other than notice. What does it feel like for my feet to be resting and supported on the earth? You know, what does it feel like as my body changes when I breathe moment, like moment by moment, little changes and just being with that um, to whatever degree that's comfortable. And I, you know, I also want to acknowledge um, that for, you know, my experience and I can understand others might have experienced this too, is that coming back into the body, coming into sensation when um, you've been avoiding, when I was avoiding being in touch with my body, I was totally disembodied, that it can be for a variety of reasons uncomfortable. So I like how you said that, like, it's important just to start with where you're at and just yeah. know. Yeah, I have a very similar experience to you where like, somebody would say connect to your body. And I'm like, I feel like you're speaking a completely different language. Like, I don't even know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, how am I not connected? Like I live in this body. It's mine. I know it. Like, I hate it. Like, what are we talking about? But like, it's such a different thing when we're approaching it from like, no, actually like, like hating your body, shaming it is actually a form of disconnection that, that we kind of create over time. And like that disembodiment that you're talking about. So like coming home to the body can be such a it's so healing. It's such a big thing. So I like that, like slowly. And I like the feet piece. I've never heard that before, but like, I feel like if feet are like pretty neutral body parts that like maybe feel less triggering than like, I know some people start with like, feel like your stomach expanding. I'm like, but that can be real freaking hard. <laughs> can we not start there? I don't know. Um, right. yeah. But yeah, yeah 
the feet and like in Nia, what I love about so many things to say, but what one of the things I love is the um, use of, we use a lot of Im imagery. So the idea that the feet we say are the hands that touch the earth and the feet can, can root us in and be our foundation. And like you say, it's a very neutral body part. Um, so it's, it's something to put attention to that, that can really, you know, like I'm, I, I don't think I gave a second thought to my feet, you know, until I started Nia and probably five, six years into it, I still didn't quite get it, but you know, now I'm fascinated. Oh my goodness. I have these feet and they work this way. And I, they give me information and they're, you know, it, it's, it's a way to, to really appreciate all of yeah. 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 It sounds like you're like becoming more an observer of your body too, of like all the things it does and how it functions, which is a pretty cool thing um, mm. that we get to do. I, I love that so much. I love that so much. I'd love for us to talk maybe a little bit more about how, how the mindful movement can actually help us kind of heal our relationship with movement in general. Hey, hey, my friend, I'm just stopping this podcast episode to let you know about our low cost workshop this month. It's happening next week, July 14th at 12 p.m. Eastern time, where we're talking about communication. So Julie Barnett is a social worker at The Balance Practice, has been working with us for over a year. She is an amazing provider and eating disorder specialist. And in this workshop, she will be talking about communication with your loved ones. So we know that, you know, we are not islands. We need our support people and communication can be hard. And truth be told, a lot of us have not really been told how to communicate effectively to get our needs met. So in this workshop, that's what we're talking about. Um, so if you are someone in the recovery process wanting to recover um, or just wanting to learn more about effective ways to communicate with your loved ones, I highly, highly suggest that you join this workshop. So this workshop will be only $10. So you can join us July 14th. Um, and if you're not able to be there live, there will be a replay available. So you can go to www.thebalancepractice.com forward slash LC workshop. The link will also be in the show note for you to join us. All right, let's get back to the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think when I think back to um, some of my days of long days of recovery and I, I went to a meditation class and I'm not the type of person to just sit still, but um, this meditation teacher, it stuck, stuck with me. If you are not in the present moment, you are dreaming. You're dreaming. He's, he would say thinking about the past, the future and not staying in the present moment. And that's, I think with all the mechanical types of um, movement that I was doing, where I was just preoccupied by whatever was going on in my life, um, I just wasn't able to use that. So um, it's just, yeah, I think it's, it, it takes time mm -hmm. to, and it takes, like I say this to my students all the time, staying in the present moment is my life's work. Like I I'm, st I'm continually working on that. I'm continually telling my busy brain to just chill out, you know, but 
what's really great, I think, about Nia too is not only like do we use a lot of imagery, so arms are moving, you're swaying like a tree in the wind. I'm not thinking now about my body. Now I'm just seeing a beautiful image of of the tree swaying in the wind. Um, so it it that helps me be mindful. Um, we also, as I said, like want to address everything about what it is to be a human. So emotions, we express emotions through sounding, through using our voice, through laughter, through whatever it is. It's not a serious experience. Um, so that can take, that can bring us into the present moment as well. And then um, a big focus in Nia is on honoring our unique individuality. So I cannot tell you how thrilling it is for me in a class, uh, whether I'm teaching or participating, to see the multitude of ways that people are moving, and all of them are right. There's no wrong way to move. There's no, you know, morality or judgment, or it's it's about yeah, this works for your body. Okay, do it that way. Like, give yourself that gift of not conforming to someone else, but just being your own unique person, you know? So mm -hmm. I love those principles. Like that is so, so cool. And I really think too, like when we think of like, you know, recovery from an eating disorder or, you know, healing just a relationship with food and body from diet culture in general, like I, I really do feel like movement and our body can be such a catalyst for it too because of that force connection right like when you start actually engaging in mindful movement like it starts getting like harder not to be mindful because you're actually using your physical body to ground yourself so I think it's such a cool thing to be able to add throughout the recovery journey to be able to use our body in a healing way mm -hmm. instead of using our body in a not so healing way yeah definitely and um you know, there's a place for all kinds of movement. Um, we all find joy in different ways. Uh, but for me, you know, I got into a lot of trouble with counting and measurement and so on. Um, so this is just like, you know, we're, we're emphasizing like self-care and prioritizing feeling good over looking good. So yeah. it's not like, cause it says in this book, you have to do 10 reps of eight, whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, that's not the approach. The yeah. approach is, you know, my body is the expert. I love that so much. That is so, so good. So I'm curious. So these classes are typically done like in a group setting. So I'm curious, like how, or if you have some like key principles, like for folks who are wanting to engage in some of those group classes, because it may be less triggering than like a treadmill or whatever else that we may do. I'm wondering if there's like key strategies to like either like help facilitate those group to help people create a safe and supportive environment. Um, because we also wouldn't want an environment like that to become like competitive or where we compare ourselves or non-supportive. Yes. Um, <laughs> and no, that's, that's so important. I mean, I, um must say uh, throughout a class in various ways um move in your body's way move in a way that feels good it's not about comparing to anyone else in and uh not about comparing yourself to some other version of yourself that you know you um it, who you were who you're going to be it's it's about you know being in the now and and 
I really like to champion this, this idea of individuality. So celebrating, oh, look how Cindy, that is so cool the way you're doing it, you know, and, and, um, and not to focus like it, you know, we do have a technique, but it's not like you're doing it wrong. I mean, we, we, we talk about moving in ways that are, um, informed by the body so you know the the shoulder joint is a circular joint so it wants to move like this uh but the knee is not a circular joint so we're never going to circle around in the knee (laughs) but within all of that um it's really about accepting you know my body your body and 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 tailoring it for our own experience it's kind of like being your own coach your own therapist your own your your you and your body have this relationship and you're working together to make it a pleasurable experience mm, yeah I love that you're like on the same team as your body and you're showing up just for you yourself your body and I really yeah. love that you brought out that piece of comparison of like it's not necessarily always comparing ourselves to others but sometimes it's like comparing ourselves to like oh well I used to be able to do this or I used to be able to do that or I wish I would be more like this or like that I really love this idea of like we can have all of that and here's our body here and now yeah and like day to day I mean my fitness levels doesn't change throughout the week but there's some days where I'm like whereas the other days where I'm like wow I feel very strong today right like so I feel like kind of allowing yourself to like fluctuate it's actually such a beautiful thing too yeah and like I think it's really important um for us to think you know in terms of like I said, it's not the number of, or the distance or the length or whatever. It's like the quality of the experience. Mm. It's like, I'll give you another example. I recently um, started swimming, which is like, I'm so fearful of swimming anyhow, but I promised myself when I went to the pool, I was going to think about the experience, the Mm. whole experience. So I'm not just, it's just not me swimming in the pool. It's me saying hello and getting to know people and having that like little social piece um, and the importance of all of that. So it's not how many laps did I swim? It's about, I gave myself this gift of um, getting out, connecting with others, um, you know, feeling the pleasure of the the water on my skin, you know, that this mm. kind of thing without um, creating some sort of unattainable you know, expectation for myself and cutting my body out of the equation. Cause that, you know, when, when we do that, we are coming from our, our mind. We're not coming from the wisdom of our body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And I find it so interesting because I can relate so much to what you're saying with like building experiences around, you know, different things. Um, but like, I don't feel like it's a very natural thing for us as humans to do. Like, I do think it's very much learned that we have to like get back to the, I mean, I think as children, we do like when you see kids running around, you're like, you're just like living your life, <laughs> you know? And I feel like as adults, we need to get back to that place of like, what it would be like to live, like what it would be like for like swim, just to swim and actually like, like feel the water on your skin and feel the sun on your, on your head, you know, like all of these different pieces. I'm like, it's, I find it so interesting that we have to kind of like intentionally get back into that because our head sometimes gets in the way. 
Well, and I think we're just feeding into all these social norms, these things we've been taught that, you know, when we look at it can tie into white supremacy culture and, and all kinds of, you know, um, grind culture and just go, 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 do, do, do. And it's really like dialing back and, and just um, allowing everything that makes you who you are, bringing that to the experience, you know? Oh, I love that so, so much. So I'm really curious, like somebody listening to this is like, oh my God, I'd love to try a class. Like how would they go about it? Like, is it virtual? Is it in person? Is it everywhere? (laughs) Well, so uh, Nia is, I'm probably going to misrepresent this in 26 countries, um, something like that. And the pandemic gave us a gift because there was a lot of virtual um, classes. I teach both virtually and in person. Um, And uh, yeah, there's um, different, you know, ways uh, that people can engage. Like I um, personally teach classes that are 20 minutes, 60 minutes, um, more gentle classes. Um, I just sort of offer them the range of, of options so that people can find themselves within, within the offerings. Oh, I love that. I love that so, so much. And I'm really curious. So we, um, you know, at the balance practice, like we practice from a weight inclusive standpoint and like that piece is really important. So I'm left to hear from like your thoughts, just how we can make movement and joyful movement feel more accessible for people of all sizes, shapes, abilities, gender, like everything. So everybody can feel welcome to move. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, that's, that's such a great question. Um, I think, you know, for me within the last i want to say 5 years have only um begin to realize that i have a lot of work to do i have um as an instructor to create this kind of welcoming um weight neutral embrace like to environment that embraces everyone that i really have to continually do my own work that i have to challenge my own internal biases Mm-hmm. and make sure I'm creating this, this safe container. Um, but also like there's specific like techniques and things like, for example, um, I don't use mirrors when I'm teaching in person, because I think that just is, again, takes away from being in the body and 100%. get in, in our heads. And then the, the great thing too, is like, some people, when they come to class, I invite them, you know, if we're doing a virtual class, go ahead, turn your camera off, you know, just look at me. You don't have to look at everyone else. You know, you you can really, that's the beauty of Zoom is you can just, I can be spotlit and they're just looking at, at, um, at me so that, that, you know, there's not that tendency. Um, But then there's also the way we talk um, in, in a fitness environment around, you know, there, there can be a ten- toxic tendency to moralize, like the, if you want to do the full version, but if you need to make it, you know, easier, like it, it's just around keeping, um, the languaging more inviting and it's about you choosing. It's not that this is better than this, mm-hmm. uh, that there are, a variety of movement options. And I, you know, I will normalize um, the options by doing them myself. I, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I choose some days I can't balance. And so (laughs) touching the wall and not apologizing. I'm the teacher, but that doesn't mean that I'm any different than you. Mm. I think it's so much. It's like unconditional permission to just show up as you are today. Totally. And there's like no hierarchy. This, you know, person is not better than that person. And you want to sit in a chair that doesn't make you any different than, than anyone else. Um, I, I really, you know, and, and do my best to within classes, create this, um, sense that, uh, that people belong, that they're really welcome and, and simple things like using pronouns and asking pronouns, um, all of those things add up, I think, and, and just make people feel welcome. Weight inclusive. I mean, in the studio that I teach at, the, the seating is weight inclusive, you know, that that's in the lobby and so on. And, um, yeah. and yeah. But you can really tell by like your energy and compassion, the way that you show up. I'm sure that all your students feel so safe and welcomed by you. Like you have such a warm energy that comes through. Like, I'm sure that they feel so, so good being in your classes. Um, well, but yeah. It's so interesting because in some, I mean, I have learned this, you know, this is not a performance. Like, it's not like, and, you know, I love ballet, but it's not something that feels good for my body. Like, I appreciate that it does for others. But what I teach is not a class where you're going to be corrected or where um, you're, you're expected to perform or show up in any physical way other than you already are. It's like, wherever you are in this day, in this moment, come and it can adjust to you. You, you know, you don't have to do anything different. It, it, It just adjusts automatically. Yeah. I'm, I like, it's such a, I don't even know what the word is, but the fact that that is out of the ordinary, like, it feels like that's just how life should be. Like you get to show up as you and like, you don't need to change for the world. (laughs) you know but like it's such a like big thing that you're offering that because it's actually not very common you know that people feel like they do need to like be completely different I have a question for you that is just like coming in my brain I'm just really curious to pick your thoughts on this so okay how do I want to word this so sometimes with movement you have like your comfort zone where you feel very very good but if I take something like weight training sometimes like you may feel I don't want to say discomfort, but you're kind of pushing that limit, right? So I'm curious to see, to, to hear your thoughts on like, for someone who is in tune with their body, like, how do you like push yourself? Like say, if you have like workout goals or whatever, or you're trying to, whatever you're trying to do, like, I'm always thinking about that from like, for example, like when I go swim, because you said that earlier, the first two laps are really hard, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, breathing heavily. And then I'll typically do a couple more, like more gently, of course, but there is that piece of like, well, when is it too much? Like, when are you actually pushing too hard versus when should you stop? And I'm curious if you have any thoughts around kind of being able to listen to your body. And sometimes that like some, some level of discomfort can be okay. And how do you know the difference? Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in Nia, we might call it positive tension. So it's giving your body like whatever that, that little extra is that 1%, you know, more, um, of, of activity, let's say, uh, without 
you know, I think in it, it is part of white supremacy culture to think about all or nothing. Yeah. You know, it's like either I just like do do a triathlon or I do nothing. Like, but why can't we go in small increments? Like, why can't we um, just use again, use our bodies? Like, okay, you did a lap and it it tired you out. And so rest, you know, it's not like, um, because we do have this go, go, go mentality um, that more is better. And it's really, it's more like, it's, it's the quality I think that that is more important and the feel good. And then the other thing that came to mind when you were asking me that question is about, if you think about the idea of a battery and we only have so much energy. Okay. And um, we can start to uh, uh, recharge our battery through movement. We can give ourselves more energy, but at some point that battery, you you know, just have to tune into your personal battery and know that, you can't give away all your energy because then you're not taking anything with you. Like you're not building up for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your battery's going to overcharge. Yeah. Or heat, I should say. Yeah. yeah I, I love that we answered and I love the like positive tension idea. Um, Cause I think that's such a good way to put it. And I also feel like it just takes a lot of time to, as you reconnect with your body and you're, you're going to kind of want like learn your own limits too. And the intention right? Like I think sometimes it's kind of sneaky and you know, (laughs) you know, like if you're pushing too hard and like just checking into your thoughts and like, I think sometimes we kind of know like, okay, wait, no, this is not coming from the right angle. It's not coming from the right place. Like what I'm going to do instead is like rest and stay here versus other times where you're like, okay, like I think I could do more and like push myself and see how that feels. And like, it can feel more connected. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, is it taking me out of my body and into my head is also something that I'm asking myself, you know, am I, am I, um, am I performing? Am I, is this coming from ego? Am I trying to prove something, you know, someone else, myself, is that necessary? So like, you know, there's a lot of self-talk that goes on, um, you know, for me to keep myself on track. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I, I mean, I, I love this conversation. Okay. I have one last question for you. That's just like out of nowhere too, because I just want to pick your brain. What are your thoughts on fitness trackers? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> mentioned previously numbers and distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, so from that point of view, I've never, you know, it's an act of self-care for me not to engage with that. Uh, but I've also sort of recently come to think of it as another way for us. It's a form of capitalism. It's someone's uh, ability to to make money, which is a way of taking us away from ourselves. Because suddenly now I'm relying, I have to do so many steps or what what have you, um, instead of, again, trusting that my body has a built-in <laughs> tracker, right? And that is called sensation, and that is called my heart rate and my breathing, and um, that those are what I should be relying on, not not depending on some something else to inform me about my own body. Mm. I've never heard somebody describe it like that, but I really like it. 
Yeah. And I, you know, for some people it works. I know my husband is watching his blood pressure, so it helps him to, to keep tabs on that. Right. Yeah. So in some ways that biofeedback is really helpful, but mm-hmm. again, you know, um, yeah, I, I don't need a tracker to tell me that I've done too much or not enough and to shame me for right. <laughs> just following right. my body's yeah. 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 And I think intention is such a big thing too, right? Like I think the reason why we do the things is almost more important than the thing itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to say thank you so much for being on the podcast, for answering all these questions. Before we get to like our fun questions, I'm just curious, where can people find you? So if you want, they want to do a virtual class with you, or they want to just like more of you, um, where, where can they find you? Yeah. So the main way, uh, is through my website. So it's Jen, J E N N Hicks, H I C K S dot C A. And there are, are the links to all kinds of things. There's free um, dance movement breaks. Um, I'm pretty active on social media. So you'll find me, all my links there as well. Awesome. And all the links will be down in the show notes. So you can just scroll down to the podcast and just click and you'll see it there. Um, all right. So let's go to our fun questions. First question for you is what is your favorite food? Oh, um, yeah, I, you know what, I really, really love Indian food. So um, there's just something so nourishing and warm and satisfying. Mm, is there like a particular dish that is like your go to anything vegetarian? So usually it's um, like palak, excuse me, palak paneer, so cheese and spinach or, um, you know, chickpeas or dal lentils or yeah. Yeah. You're like all of it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Uh, that, yeah, I would love to go back in time. Uh, my dad died by suicide when I was two and I would love to meet him, have a relationship with him. Oh, that's so beautiful. And I'm so sorry. Your loss. Um, what is your favorite way to self-care? Um, in the winter time, it's a bath, a bubble bath. And in the summertime, it's usually just sitting on the porch, enjoying the breeze, both, uh, on both occasions, I am watching TikTok videos. So I have to, have to. <laughs> I love that so much. Love the honesty. I save it to the end of the day. Cause you know, I really do have to watch my consumption, but I save it till, you know, the end of my work day. And then that's my treat, you know, honestly, TikTok is the worst for that. Like it's such a time warp where you're like, I'm just going to do like a couple minutes and you're like, it's been 20. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. What happened right now? <laughs> um, all right. And my last question for you is what does balance mean to you? Um, I, th- you know, I think for me, it's like, am I balanced in um, all areas of my life? So um, am I taking myself, taking care of myself, not only physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually, am I feeding all of those areas of myself? Um, and are are they in equal balance? Or am I not spending too much time on my physical, too much time, you know, on, um, emotional or it's that there there is an equal split 
I love that so much. Thank you so much again, Jennifer, for being on the podcast. It was a really a pleasure to have this conversation with you. And for everybody listening, you can join me next week on the podcast. Wasn't this podcast episode so great? First of all, yay for having a guest on the podcast. Love that. Like, it's so great to be able again to have like these conversations and also like who here wants to try Nia now? Like, I don't know about you, but like, I am going to go down Google <laughs> where I can find these glasses so I can try this. I think it's such a cool thing. You know, when we heal our relationship with food and our body that we get to explore movement again from different ways. And I think Nia could be something really cool to try. So if you have tried it, please let me know on my Instagram. I want to hear from you. Like, how did you like it? How was it? Like, I want to know all of the details. Um, and if you like this podcast episode, please don't forget to leave us a review. I know I say it often, but it means so, so much to us as we continue to grow this podcast. On that note, my friend, I hope that I see you next week in our free or low cost workshop. And I'll catch you next week in the next episode.